Thanks for tuning into the Texas Family Law Podcast, where we provide you tips and insight to help you navigate divorce and child custody situations. This is Brian Walters. And I'm Jake Gilbreth. We are the managing partners at Walters Gilbreth PLLC with offices in Houston, Austin, and Dallas. And we're both board certified in family law by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization. Your hosts are broadcasting from the Lone Star State of Texas, where both have earned a reputation as fierce and effective advocates, both inside and outside the courtroom. Good morning, everybody. Um, today, Jake and I are going to discuss about whether you should talk to a lawyer before uh, filing for divorce. Jake, do you have any initial thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I think it's a straightforward topic, but it's important. I always tell people, it sounds obviously self-motivated to tell people that they need to come in and talk to a lawyer before filing for divorce, or they should really hire a lawyer before going through a divorce, even if you think that's going to be simple. The overall thing that I tell people is it sounds self-interested for me to say that, but actually we'd make a lot of business and money off of people who have tried to do it themselves, which is totally understandable. Uh, that you try to do it yourself and try to save yourself money and then just a mess gets created and you end up being in a lawyer's office and the situation is, you know, twice or three times more expensive than it would have been if you had hired a lawyer in the first place. I know it sounds a bunch of lawyers saying, yeah, you should hire a lawyer, but the reality is I I see a lot and I think you do too, Brian. I see a lot of people coming in, again, totally understandable, but have tried to do it themselves or worse, done it themselves and got a court order sign that's just a total mess and then coming in and you're spending a lot of money undoing what was done so that's the overall pitch that i give people and then we can talk about details as to why that is but but that's the initial take i have on it how about you yeah i agree i think there's a couple of things um to think about one is that there are a lot of states uh, that you can do this yourself, that is get divorced, especially if there's minimal in issues. Texas, you can, but it's really much more difficult. There's other states have just a bunch of forms where you fill out and check some boxes and, and you go about it and, and it's pretty easy to do. Not so much in Texas. Secondly, I do, I do think it's specific to your complexity level. If you've got kids at all, I think it's worth it get any kind of property issues at all, I think it's worth it. And it may be just as simple as sitting down with a lawyer for an hour and, and kind of walking through everything and understanding how things work and don't work. It doesn't mean you need to get hire a lawyer ultimately or to spend a lot of money on a lawyer, but I think it's worth doing. And just on a personal level, I had a, a business years ago that I that I kind of <laughs> went against my own advice now, which is I went cheap on how I, I set it up and it ended up being a mistake and costing me down the line. And so I've learned my lesson personally. So this is, that's, I'd advise myself the same thing as I'd advise people listening to this podcast is it's worth at least talking to a lawyer initially. Yeah, I think that's right. There are times I will say, and I always tell people that I'm not trying to turn anybody away. There are times though, when I've had people come in and, I, and I'm just like, look, y'all have, there's no house owned together. You don't have any kids. Everybody has their own separate bank accounts. I'll talk you through it. Why don't you just do the forms yourself? And we're happy to review it. Or if you want us to do it, we're happy to do it too. At the end of the day, I want people satisfied. And if it's so simple and you're paying paying us thousands of dollars to do something you could have done yourself, then, then I'll be honest with people and say, you may want to actually think about 
doing this yourself or if that's just their resources and their budgets. Some people, they they just want a lawyer to review things and, and that's perfectly fine too. We get a lot of consults where people call in and say, I think I've done it right. I think I've filed things I'm supposed to. I think I have a decree and we'll say, set up a consultation and and we'll go through it. There's There could be stuff that you're not, even the most simple uh, divorce decree, there could be stuff uh, that you're missing, tax taxes or the way retirement's divided up. Just uh, So it's always worth, I think, checking that. And then sometimes I'm doing the consult and I'm like, look, I, I hear you that you want to do this yourself, but check around with other lawyers, see if they're telling you the same thing. But this is going to be a mess if you try to do it yourself, because I'm not going to, I don't think it's fair to the client or to us to backseat drive and just somebody come in here once in a while and look at stuff if it's complex where it's going to be end up being really inefficient if you're trying to do it yourself and it's complex and just thinking well I'll just checking with the lawyer here and there because there's just a lot that can go wrong and and what you said too Brian is I've had to hire lawyers in my life it's it's as our clients tell us it's not the most fun experience a lot of the times but I've I've decided uh, that I think it probably saves me time and money to actually have a lawyer handle stuff that, that comes up here and there. I've personally gone through a divorce and I've had people ask me, did you do, did you represent yourselves? Of course not. I would aggressively mess it up if I represented myself because I'm, it's a, an emotional and difficult time and uh, it's really hard to see the big picture. You're handling it yourself. I, I, people know that even when I went through a divorce, I've I had a lawyer. So let's talk about, Brian, what are the types of things that, to put it bluntly, what are the type of things that people mess up if they come into you and they want to do it themselves or they don't talk to a lawyer before going through the divorce? What do you see? I think there are three categories it's that, that people deal with and can have problems with. One is children, another's property, and the other's procedure, I guess I'd say. So the kids stuff, it's a lot more complicated, I think, than, than most people expect it to be. And it's divided up into kind of three categories and they're not the way I think most people would sit down and think about it if they were just sitting across the table from their their spouse, they were going to divorce. And so it is, I think many parents who are going to split up, whether they're married or not, underestimate the specificity and the specifics about things they need to be thinking about both now and in the future. The, The most common one that people think they have an agreement on and don't is child support. And it's calculated in a way that's in this state, that's very different than a lot of other states. And so it can be somewhat counterintuitive about that. We have a lot of people coming in and saying they want a 50, 50 time split and they don't, nobody's going to pay child support and they don't think about things like, you know, insurance or uninsured medicals, or what about Christmas or what about, about if there's a dispute over, private school versus public school. Those are a lot of things that that can cause problems. And so I think it's worth un- talking that through with the lawyer for a while. And that, that probably takes 30 minutes on its own just to explain the way Texas is going to approach it. And the fact is you have to, when you submit a court order uh, to a judge, if you're doing it by yourself, it has to fit this proper format. And if it doesn't, the judges won't sign it and you'll be back where you started from. So that's the the first issue that I deal with the most, what any what about the property side of things or any comments you have on the kid kid side of things? I guess just right with the kids, yeah, a lot of times it's just a lot of times these are this is somebody's first divorce and they're just not thinking 
about the future. Like you were saying, it's they'll come to something and they'll say, we're independent on educational decisions. And you go, okay, so you both make independent decisions for the school. You can't both pick an elementary school for your kid. Somebody's going to have to decide, have you thought about that? Oh, I haven't thought about that. That's a good point. Or they'll come with the possession schedule that it makes sense at the time. I, I have lots of people come to me and they have a possession schedule where they go, they, they try to split it half and half because they want to be fair. They decide they want to do a 50-50 schedule, but then they'll split the week half and then they'll split the weekend half and half. So somebody will have Wednesday through Saturday what would it be? Well, Wednesday, or th- Wednesday through Sunday, and the other person has Sunday through Wednesday. And you're going, oh, okay, have you thought about that you're never going to have a weekend to yourself and your kids? Oh, that's a good point. I haven't thought about that. Have you thought about holidays, how you do holidays? A common one is let's split Christmas Day, which makes sense. And people want to do that. And then you got to say, hey, think about that. Ten years from now, when you're remarried and you have kids with a new spouse, you can never do a Christmas with your new spouse's family out of town. Just stuff like that doesn't come up. And then, of course, there's some people just make, you know, wild mistakes on it and just not understand they've let one parent agree to no geographic restriction or something like that. There's just so much stuff and the stakes are so high that, yeah, we see those. And then on property, it could be something as simple as we're just not thinking about how to how to do a special warranty deed for for a house, for example, how to get somebody's name off the house or somebody doesn't realize, okay, my spouse is getting the house, but I'm still on the note. What do we do about that? People agree a lot of times just aggressively bad property deals just because they haven't run it by a lawyer and they just think just I trust my spouse or I'll just agree to this because he or she would never do anything unfair. And sometimes the other spouse isn't trying to be unfair. It's just people don't understand how property works. And, and so they end up doing a, unintentionally do an unfair deal for their other spouse. Sometimes people don't think about the interaction between support and child, child support and property division. I always tell people the story I had. Some people did the, their divorce pro se, and then they agreed that the wife would have custody of the four kids. And they agreed that the husband would get 100% of the property, but he would pay, you know, like 10000 a month in child support or something like that. Well, the problem is then the wife within a few months of the divorce had done some pretty crazy stuff and we had the husband came in and legitimately came in and got a restraining order and got custody of the children uh he had custody of the children so the child support went away and it's just uh people weren't thinking about that whenever they divided it up like that and then the horror stories can range we're dealing with the you know dealt with a case where the parties clearly intended for the husband's business to be awarded to the husband but really didn't adequately describe it in the divorce decree and uh, substantial litigation afterwards of whether or not that uh, business, which ended up being very successful after the divorce, whether or not that business was actually divided up in the decree or not. And what's crazy is they're spending tens of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees. And if somebody had just taken the divorce decree to a lawyer and said, this is what we're trying to do, the lawyer could have said, y'all didn't really divide up the business the way you've described it here. It literally could have changed a sentence in the divorce decree and then resulted in tens of thousands of dollars in litigation and and really serious exposure for the husband on this business that he thought he had given to himself the divorce decree. And they saved themselves $500 in a consult, but probably could have done it for half an hour. Probably saved themselves $250 in the consult and tens of thousands of dollars in, in attorney's fees. Those are the extreme horror stories, but they're out there. What about you, Brian? What are your horror stories? 
Yeah, the call on a Thursday afternoon saying I'm I'm closing tomorrow on the house that that I was awarded in the divorce, but the title company won't let me close because the, exactly what you mentioned. There's there's no deeding. There's no decree that's clear about that, and you just and you've got an ex-spouse who may or may not want to cooperate with you. That's no fun. Um, yeah, they run the they really run the gamut of things. I think the other issue that pe- the other thing that people find difficult and they need some guidance on is just procedure. And that can be as simple as walking through how to walk through a divorce, especially it's a little different these days with the COVID-19 things. You used to just wander down to the courthouse and get in line and go see a judge and they would talk to you or you'd go to the law library if you needed some help, but it's those things aren't really available much anymore. Then there's some other things that people need to do sometimes that are much more complicated and whether that's trying to enforce a a child support order or some type of visitation arrangement or modify things or something along those lines, those can be pretty complex legally and uh, they're set up with some real procedural hurdles that a lot of lawyers don't even get correct and so you wouldn't expect non-lawyers to get them correct. So uh, that's the other category that's in place. So I do think that those are worth talking to somebody about as well. It doesn't have to be our firm, but just somebody who's going to give you some decent guidance on it. Yeah, I, I think overall to wrap up, I, I have a general philosophy. I know you do too, Brian, is if people are paying me money, I want it to be a a sound financial decision for them. I want it to make sense financially. Like I bring something to the table. Our lawyers bring something to the table just like a real estate agent selling or buying a house, bring something to the table. I'm not in the business. There are some stuff that just inevitably costs money. The procedure, the filing fees, just getting through the legal system. A lot of times, or, or most of the time, probably all, all the time, if you're paying us money, it's you know because we're going to be dealing with something with your kids that's you know priceless. Getting things around the kids, it really is a priceless endeavor. And that, or dealing with property. If you're spending money for me or Brian or one of our lawyers to deal with something on your property, it, it should make financial sense. And 99 out of 100 times, it makes financial sense to have a lawyer dealing with your property issues. Like we were talking about, I've used lawyers. Not, I will be real frank with people, it's usually not anybody's favorite thing to do is to go hire a lawyer. Um, but it is a lot of times makes sense financially to do that. And certainly makes sense for your kids. Yeah, I agree. All right. I think that's hopefully a good summary of this issue to everybody. And we will talk to you guys again soon. All right. Take care. Bye.